Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome to the show, everybody. You know, I, uh, I've been thinking about the, uh, where I wanted to start today, and there's so many things going on. Uh, the news is crazy. Things are crazy. The world continues to be on fire. I want to start with something a little bit different, though, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull in a little bit of, uh, I guess, personal kind of perspective, and then I want to try and tie it in with the larger picture. So we're going to see if this works. I don't know. It might may be a terrible segment. I guess we'll find out. So let me talk about the fight. Let me talk about the fight. And when I refer to the fight, what I mean is, you know, when I started several years ago, when the Great Reset started, when the lockdowns occurred, when the, the beginnings of the election fraud were sown, uh, you know, you go into this and you, you're, I was certainly not red-pilled at the point. Uh, I thought I was. I mean, I was a conservative. I was a patriot. I, you know, I, the Democrats were bad guys. Uh, They seemed to be doing stupid things. Their policies were bad. But I had no idea how bad things really were. Turns out they are really bad. Uh, But as I was doing this, you know, and as I was learning, I've learned a lot about the fight. One of the most important things to understand is the nature of the fight. And the reason that I want to talk about this is because at this point, there's a lot of people who are trying to do everything they can to save our country, save our world, fight for freedom. And you can, you can, we can. None of us can do it alone, right? This isn't a one person thing. This is a, we do this as a group. As a group though, collectively, those that believe in freedom far, far, far outnumber the people who don't. And we do have the opportunity to win if we fight together we do not, there's troubles. But what does that look like? What does that look like? And that's an important question to ask. And it's an important thing to understand. One of the things that I've noticed for me, and I'm going to eventually tie this in with the Trump, uh, is the nature of the fight is such that you can have a million people standing beside you and still be completely alone. What? What does that mean? Well, this is one of the most important aspects of the fight, because one of the hardest parts of fighting for freedom, when we see the tyranny, is finding people that understand, finding people that get it, and figuring out what you're going to do. And it's, it's the battering that you take every day that's difficult. And I think a lot of my friends who've been fighting for freedom for a long time here will understand this. So you get up every day. And for I'm going to use myself again as an example, but I know this applies to several others because I've talked to them about this. I get up and I do my research, I do my work, and I do whatever's scheduled, but usually it starts out real early and I start doing research and reading. And that's, you know, it either starts early or I don't go to bed. I mean, either way. I do my research and reading and I look at what's going on. Now, one of the interesting things that occurs when you read and research as much as I do is you start finding hard evidence of things. Hard evidence meaning things that I could submit to a court, right? These aren't things that are subjective. These aren't, well, you know, this guy said this, and it must mean it's part of the conspiracy theory and this and that and other. No, no, no. I'm talking about I've got a government document that shows this, right? They're just doing it. 
or I've got someone who I'm I'm fighting with admitting on camera that they're doing that, right? That hard evidence. So that's a big deal, right? You got this hard evidence. And what'll what'll happen is you'll find a new piece of hard, hard evidence. So for example, let's say in the vaccine world, right? So I find something new on the COVID vaccine. And then I'll start researching. And I've got to find more hard evidence, right? So I'll get into the scientific journals and into the this and into the that, and I'll start digging and I'll dig and dig and dig and dig. And what will happen is, is you will find an immense amount of additional information. And you'll spend, uh, you know, for example, in my case, I may spend days reading about things. And in doing so, you know, I may read several thousand pages. And when I get done, I will have a, a whole bunch of information in my head. Now, the thing about that is, is that when I start the journey, I don't know any of this. And then I start digging. You, you know, you go down a rabbit hole. Now, when I go down rabbit holes, I'm very disciplined about it. A rabbit hole for me has to have a, a chain of evidence that is indisputable. Otherwise, I kind of lose interest. And part of that's my nature, part of it's my training, part of it's what I do. So you end up with, but you end up going down this and you've got A, B, C, D, and E all connected, all very clear, all tied together of evidence. You get done with it and you've got a conclusion that you've reached because all the evidence adds up to one inexorable conclusion. You're excited. You spent several days researching and working and you've got this, you've figured out what the bad guys are doing in this one little sliver, right? And you tell someone, and they look at you like, what the hell are you talking about? And the reason for that is, is that you've done days and days of research, read thousands of pages, done these things. You've come to a conclusion, but the other guy hasn't. So what ends up happening is, is you get this going. And for me, one of the things that I see happening is you have so many things that you've got to look at that that happens over and over again frequently. So I have to be very careful how I communicate because when I share things that I learn, if I don't start at the beginning and carry people through A to B to C to D to E, just like I went through, it won't make sense. And it sounds like you're just a conspiracy theorist. The thing about the fight more generally is, and the reason this is important is as you go through this, uh, if you're like me, well, you know, I'm fighting on election stuff. I'm fighting on uh, corruption everywhere. I'm fighting against, uh, you know, COVID stuff. I'm fighting against uh, the next generation of gain-of-function viruses. I'm fighting against the wars. I'm fighting against child drive. Anything you can fight against, I'm fighting against. Well, when I do that, you know, I mean, i that got to keep moving. It's, it's an immense amount of work. So you got to go, you have two options. You can either slow down and, and go through each individual piece, or you can just know what's going on and take steps to, uh, to try and fix it. The problem is if you take steps to try and fix it without telling other people what's going on, you end up doing it by yourself. And if you do it otherwise, it, it's much slower. So there's no real good way to, to build your army and to move forward without you know, balancing those two factors. The other thing that you find is after enough time, uh, you know, for example, I've got hard evidence that I could take people through on everything from child trafficking to election fraud to uh, southern border issues to drugs to uh, major corruption by elected officials. I mean, I've got a bunch of different things that you wouldn't shock people to, uh, you know, all the COVID stuff. 
I've got all these different things that I've got sitting there. And I, you know, frankly, it'll take several years for half of it to come out. Not because I can't just tell you, but because if I don't go A to B to C to D, you won't understand it. And people, they'll just, I'll just get called a conspiracy theorist and I'll lose my credibility, which is really an important issue because as an attorney and as a guy who's arguing this and as a guy who's tried to base everything I do on integrity, if I start saying things that are out there in left field and uh, try and move people faster than I can actually make the argument, then I lose that credibility has gone. And then no one wants to listen anymore. That's a disaster. Uh, you know, the bad guys have been trying to undermine my credibility from the beginning and we just are very disciplined about it. Why does this matter? Well, I'm a nobody, right? I'm a nobody from this little town in Ohio and I fight hard and I've got a kind of, reasonable platform at this point you know it certainly would grow a lot more if i wasn't so censored but you know for me when i look at this it's craziness it's absolute craziness now imagine if you're general flynn imagine if you're donald trump right imagine if you're one of these guys who's a big shot you've got the same thing going on except for you're getting briefed from a thousand guys like me and you're getting a thousand pieces of information. You're getting this data from everywhere, right? Now, I sit and I, you know, I find myself alone in what I know a lot of times and, uh, you know, beat up and attacked and these sorts of things. And, you know, struggling to manage all the things that we know versus the things we want to do and the things that should be done because we know they're right. And I'm a nobody from Ohio. Now, if you're a Donald Trump, can you imagine how much worse that is? You know, Trump's getting briefed. He's got this information. He's got, I guarantee you, a lot more information on election fraud than I do. He's got a lot more information on a, a number of topics than I do. Uh, you know, the economy, the world wars, the this, the that, all these different things that are coming in. And he's got to try and manage them and communicate them and deal with them. And sometimes things happen. I run into this too. You know, I find a piece of information that's too important for me to let go because people are going to die or people are going to this, people are going to that. If you're Donald Trump, same sort of thing. Same sort of thing. You've got uh, you, this information that comes out. You find it. You're like, oh, my gosh, look at this. And, uh, you know, if I don't do some people. But so you act quickly. Well, if you haven't had time to lay out the one, two, three, four on this, you're going to get called a conspiracy. That, oh, Trump's doing this. Why is he doing this? He's wasting time. He's doing this. And this is what happens, right? Right. So it puts him in a very tough position a lot of times because, you know, either act without explanation or people get hurt or injured or there's problems because you didn't. And information moves at the speed of light at this point. You, you just got to keep up. This is something that I think is happening in a number of things. And this is, I think, the core of what happened in 2021 with the election stuff. Trump had great information on election fraud. There is no question that 2020 was so full of fraud that it's just it's unimaginable. Right. Uh, not just fraud. Some of the stuff was legal cheating. You know, some of the stuff that they did, they did by changing the laws. And in fact, I would say a majority of what they did to steal the 2020 election, they did by using COVID and other such things to defraud the, the, the 
electors, right, to defraud the people of America. And it worked very well. You know, these guys uh, were able to harvest, you know, all these ballots. And it was a combination. You know, a lot of those ballots were harvested, were illegal or fraudulent or this or that or the other. But the harvesting itself was not illegal because we had all the laws related to COVID. And they made it untraceable because they did all the drop boxes and the this and the that. And, uh, you know, everybody knows that there was fraud there. But, yeah, it's going to be real hard to prove if you do it that way. That was the point of the COVID, or one of the points, one of the many. And so, you know, Donald Trump knows all this stuff. He's acutely aware. And the guy's smart. He's a business guy, and he's used to moving at the speed of business. So he's he's frustrated, right? He sees America being stolen. He sees what these crooked monsters, and it's not just crooks in the Democrat Party. There's a lot of them. It's not just crooked Joe Biden. It's the globalist crooks. It's the people from around the world that are using their position to try and undermine America. And it's working. It worked very well. And Trump is looking at this, right? So he's mad, naturally. And he's speaking out. And he had to speak out because there's a very, very limited amount of time to deal with election fraud after an election. So Trump speaks out. Trump does whatever he can. They file a bunch of cases. Well, they didn't have the A to B to C to D laid out in a way where they could show it properly when they filed these cases in many instances. Not all of them. Some of them were good. Some of them weren't. Some of them, there were some lousy, lousy things that the courts did. Some of them were just bad cases. But there were enough bad cases that they could they could say you know, that the good cases were garbage and make a plausible argument that the good cases were garbage because you know there are so many crap cases. Well... When that's happening, you know, this was a ready, fire, aim situation, but it was by design because part of what happened is when they stole the election, when they used the COVID to allow these things that were very, very hard to prove to come into place, and when they looked at all these other things, uh, they knew that the challenging this was going to be a difficult thing, and without being able to make that full argument, they were going to come back. So this is a whole thing, including the going after the lawyers, including going after Trump and everybody who had anything to do with this. This whole thing was a setup from beginning to end. Meanwhile, Donald Trump was right. He was right about the election fraud. He was right that his election was stolen. He was right that January 6th was a setup. It was absolutely a setup. It was all part of this. It was all part of a very complex scheme. And he's been they've called him a conspiracy theorist about this ever since, and now are actually trying to criminalize his free speech. Well, this is being done according to plan, and it was a very well-laid plan, and it was a brilliant thing. But I want you to understand through the eyes of a fighter, how frustrating this has got to be for Trump. You know, Trump is a warrior, right? I'm a fighter, and I know how frustrating I get. it is for me when I can't get the information out that I want to get out because I have to take the time to educate everybody before, get it out there, figure out a way for it to go mainstream enough that we can get the whole story out there. And, yeah, remember, a news interview is full of 30-second sound bites. Rarely do you get a long-form interview where you get to do like we do on this show, where I get to lay all this stuff out. You know, if you're going on a lot of these things, the 30-second sound bites. You know, that's why this show's so important. By the way, share the Time Run Show, the America Out Loud Network, our Rumble Channel, and our locals, all those different things. Substack, 
But Trump has been in this situation now for several years, and this is exactly what they meant to do. They start out, and because Trump had no choice but to ready fire aim after the election, he's not, they've done everything they can to discredit him. So then once that happened, he spent the last couple of years, and everybody in the election fraud uh, world has spent the last couple of years trying to regain credibility. It's working. I think in his last poll, 60-70% of people believe that there was fraud in the election. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they believe it was stolen, but there was certainly fraud in the election. It's a tough thing, folks. It's a tough thing to know the truth and to be asked to sit on it and to be patient. It's a tough thing when you look around and you know something, and even the people close to you don't know it because you've done the research and you haven't had the time to get them from A to B to C to D yet. It's a tough thing to try and push these things out there and to share this information, especially when so many people are not disciplined about going A to B to C to D and they make mistakes and, you know, you are. We've got to keep fighting, though. It's working. For those of us that have remained disciplined and have remained on message, it's working. We've got to stick with it. More after another side of the break. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back. So we're talking about a lot of, I guess, philosophy today. So, I, you know, this show is either going to go really well and people are going to like it, or you're all going to turn it off and be like, okay, that's end of Renz. He's lost his mind. I don't really know which one it is, uh, but you know what? We're going to try her out today because I think it's important. We talked in the first segment a lot about uh, communications and, you know, the difficulty that there is in fighting this fight, uh, you know, how do you communicate what's going on with people 
when you get you know, way ahead of them, you got new information, you got intel, you got this, you got that. And, uh, you know, what do you do when you're in a situation where you know a bunch of things that you got to get out uh, to protect people, to help them, to whatever, to save an election? Uh, but, you know, you, you just don't have the time to get them out in a way where everybody can wrap their head around them. I think that's a really important point. I also think that there's a related point that we also have to talk about, right? And that is uh, the mechanisms by which we do communicate. Now, understand, if I had to say that there was a theme to this show, this show would be all about communication, right? This is all about communication. That's intentional. I want us to talk about this because, listen, for my brothers and sisters that are out there fighting, for those of us that are pushing for truth, that are pushing to get the truth out, that are pushing for freedom, you have to understand that we are really pushing for freedom, right? Freedom. And that push for freedom is very much an opposed push, right? The, the opposition to freedom is huge right now. We've got a lot of bad guys around the world fighting it. And so, you know, they, there's a lot of things that are done to misunder, uh, mess up the messaging, mess up this, mess up that. And uh, one of the most important aspects of the messaging that I want to really get into is to my Christian brothers and sisters, right? Because I am very much Christian. I'm very much proud of my faith and very proud of the Catholicism that, I, that I'm that i based in, although I'm very, very disappointed in my Catholic Church, I'm very proud of following Christ uh, and all those sorts of things. But I want to talk a little bit about this because yeah, I was talking to one of my very, very closest friends on the planet about some of this, and we had talked a little bit about the fact that, uh, and this comes up in a lot of places, a lot of contexts, You've got kind of this revival in Christianity that's occurring right now, which is one of the best things ever. I love that. But we have to be careful to recognize what that revival is and to make sure that we don't lose sight of it or let it become something that it shouldn't be. What does a revival of Christianity mean? Well, Christ was quite clear, in my opinion. And I'm going to get into some controversy here, right? I'm going to tell you what I think, and I kind of just don't care. So Christ taught us to love our neighbors and treat people like we want to be treated. No God before your God, right? He's the path, he's the light, he's the this, he's that. And I believe that from the bottom of my heart. But when I look at how he lived, what he didn't do was he didn't join a crusade. You know, the Crusades, I was, I like to think about the Crusades and I think the Crusades are something that have been, oh, there's a lot of misinformation about them. But one of the things about the Crusade was, you know, there was the violent push to be able to live and to preserve and to control certain things and this, that, and other. And, you know, there was the constant fight over Jerusalem. Is it Christian? Is it Jewish? Is it Muslim? Is it this? Is it that? Whatever. Um, and Jerusalem is God's city. No question about it. And, you know, I mean... From the Jews came everybody else, right? I mean, as a Christian, we, we came from the Jews. Same for, for Islam. I mean, we all came from uh, the God of Abraham, right? Uh, so Jerusalem's got kind of this special thing. But the thing that I ask any of us, now I can't speak for my Jewish and, and uh, Muslim brothers and sisters. What I, but as Christians, let me ask you this. Where did Jesus say that we should go to war for Jerusalem? 
don't think he did. I'm not saying we shouldn't protect the people there. I'm all for protecting Israel. I'm, by the way, I'm a huge fan of protecting Israel. Uh, you know, I think it needs to be able to stand as its own nation, the set and other. So I'm a big fan of that. But I'm talking just as a Christian, and particularly in light of like the Crusades and some of this stuff, where did it say that we should go to war to pr- protect Jerusalem? It seems like Jesus was teaching that love and Christianity comes from, you know, the heart, and it is what it is, and it's where it's at. And uh, the reason I bring all this up is real simple. If we want to bear good fruit, for my Christian brothers and sisters that are excited about the revival like I am, and who want to see good fruit bear, uh, born from it, want to see good things come from it, I think that what we have to do is continue to live it, without, uh, but not force it. We can't force faith, right? Uh, when we get mad, and I see Christians get mad at, at, at uh, Islam, at this, at that, you know, for the people who are trying to violently force their faith. They're mad because you can't violently force faith. The one thing that we all come together on is freedom. So let me bring this back around to freedom. Uh, freedom means freedom to believe, and that's what we have to do legally. So in America, we have to fight for freedom. We have to push this freedom. We have to push it. And that means to believe to do what you want as long as your faith or your beliefs or how you live don't negatively impact others. Now, we do have to recognize that we're a Judeo-Christian nation born from Judeo-Christian principles, which means that we, you know, we come together as a cohesive culture that believes that. Um, but it doesn't mean that we should uh, ostracize, hate, or exclude people we're not going to bring them into the Judeo-Christian culture by doing that. So we have to kind of balance these things. And I put this out there not because there's a single solution to it, but just as a reminder, uh, you know, for my Christian brothers and sisters who are like me trying to help people to see and find the light of Christ and find this and find that, I think we get there by living it, not by forcing it. And I just want to put that out there, right? Because I think it's an important thing. Uh, that's particularly important when we look at what's coming ahead and our communication styles and some of these things that are occurring. And I want to go over to a article I found on Discern Report. Uh, my, my man, J.D. Rucker, put this together. And he says, we appear to be entering stage five of the COVID vaccine con job. Absolutely we do. And uh, he broke this down quite some time ago. And, and actually... Uh, it's interesting the way he broke it down because it's really quite uh, quite succinct, I'd say. So, uh, the six stages uh, for reference are, uh, first of all, people get scared. And he says, you know, Operation Warp Speed was launched from fear. Uh, Trump thought it was the right thing to do based on his evil advisors, but they were evil. They lied, right? So... They push this thing going, right? So they, they, they push Operation Warp Speed because these evil guys were pushing this and telling him that that's what he should do. These traitors, these people who are traitors to the United States, much like the same traitors and treasonous monsters that pushed Russia collusion and all these other guys. These guys were there to undermine Trump. And understand that there is zero difference between the guys who pushed Russia collusion and the guys who pushed Operation Warp Speed. They were both evil monsters put there to undermine Trump and to attack America. No question about that, right? Um, uh, Stage two, promote the vaccines as safe and effective. Well, they did that. They lied. Outright. Outright. Uh, I mean, safe and effective, and they'll stop COVID, and they'll this, that, and other, except for it didn't do any of that. None of it. None whatsoever. Okay. So there's that. 
Part three, demonize skeptics. Anybody who doesn't believe that they're safe and effective is attacked. Doctors uh, chastise people, but people also chastise doctors who didn't tote the line. Uh, with the celebrities, we have everybody. All these people pushing out that you know that, that uh, you know this messaging. So follow this messaging, right? Follow this messaging. Uh, then we move on to defending the efficacy. Well, you know, uh, yeah, the vaccines are safe and effective, but not a hundred percent effective. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit, a little bit less than. Well, maybe not 99%, maybe 95%, maybe not, well, maybe not, but they're going to reduce hospitalization and death, right? They're not 100% at stopping this, but they do stop you know, hospital. And then, then we see that move to, well, you know, they don't stop hospitalization and death entirely, but just, you know, so it keeps going down, right? Part of that's because the truth kept coming out. They would have told you it's 100% effective forever if they would have been able to, but they couldn't. So then they move on to what's apparently happening now. Over this weekend, apparently, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, of all places, New Zealand, where they locked down, New Zealand jabbed these things into everybody they could. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. New Zealand yeah, is a place I always used to want to visit, but I don't know that I'd go there now. These crooks did everything short of uh, uh, just strapping people to their beds and forcing them to take it. And they might have done that, too. These guys are doing everything they can to force it. And this jerk, this absolute piece of crap prime minister from New Zealand says that uh, ultimately everybody made their own choices with regards to whether or not to take the jabs. He says very few people were physically forced to take the jabs. I don't care if one person. Was physically forced. It says that in the article, um, and I, I want to point that out. There were people that were physically forced to take it, and most of them chose it, though vast majority. But the simple reality is, is that there were a few that were forced, and this guy now saying that he's out there saying, well, yeah, yeah, you know, there's some issues, but uh, yeah, well, you know, um, people chose to do it. I'm sorry. But if people believe that, they're idiots. Okay, so now we have to understand something. This goes back to where I was at the beginning. When we talk about Christianity, we talk about this, that, and other. So our job as Christians is to, to love others and to help evangelize by living the message, living this, living that, right? Um, and that means that we got to not hate Someone who made a mistake. I make mistakes all the time. I am a rotten, broken sinner, right? Um, I make tons of mistakes. I can't hate someone for making a mistake, right? That's not Christian. Uh, but, 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 there are evil people out there who are doing everything they can and choosing to try and convince people to make mistakes. There are evil people out there who do evil things to try and push mistakes, try and push evil, try and push these awful things. Those are the people that are our enemies, right? My enemy is not someone who makes mistakes. Uh, the way that I see this, I don't know, is Jesus, you know, uh, when, when they wanted him to stone the prostitute, he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. When everybody left, he kind of got, and he was done with all the nonsense. He looks up and says, well, nobody's throwing a stone at you. 
And she says, well, what are, are you going to throw one? And he said, nope, just don't do this anymore. Get out. Okay. So we, Jesus didn't go after people who made mistakes. He asked them to improve and to be forgiven. What Jesus did have a problem with, though, were the Pharisees and the people like that, the people who set people up to make mistakes, the people who made it impossible to get to God, the people who made it impossible. So, so that's an important thing because I want to go back, when I go back to COVID, and I'm trying to look at this in kind of this biblical scriptural perspective, there are people out there, the evil people that set this up, the advisors who were much like the, the Russia collusion advisors, uh, the, you know, all these, these guys that were part of the federal government that placed themselves in uh, positions to really undermine the president and then push us evil all over the place. Those guys are the bad guys. Those are the guys we got to fight, right? Not the people who fell for it. So you got your jab, you got this, you got that, and you're sick. I don't hate anybody who got jabbed. I feel really bad for every single person, even the people who were jerks telling everybody, ah, I got my booster, and if you didn't, you stink. They were largely brainwashed. They were just, they're too stupid to see what's going on. I don't hate these people, and we shouldn't hate them. We should have compassion for them. Now, the people we need to fight, though, the people we got to go after are the ones who were convincing them, the ones who knew that they were putting poison out it was going to kill people, maim people, cause reproductive issues, but they were going to make money or get more powerful from it. Those are the people we've got to go after. There has to be clarity about who the enemy is. The enemy is not someone who is defrauded. The enemy is someone who is committing the fraud, right? And that's who we have to go after. Now, what we see now is these guys, and this is a just a very, this is like a textbook con job, right? So you get a con artist. They do all these evil things. And what? where does it go? Where does it go? Well, they end up, after it's all done, after you've been conned into giving them your money to buy a widget that doesn't do anything, they come back and say, oh, man, you know, I mean, I thought it was going to be good. Sorry you don't like it, uh, but you shouldn't have spent your money on it. What? That's what's going on here. These guys are now trying to say, well, yeah, but we didn't try and for we didn't force this on anybody. We didn't make anybody get it. They didn't. I mean, I suppose no one held a gun to your head in most cases. But I mean, what more could they have done to force this? To suggest now that this is anything other than than a a borderline mandate is absurd. These people cannot be let off the hook for the fraud that they committed, for the evil that they committed. I'm not mad at anybody who was tricked into doing this. Now, I do get frustrated when I see idiots with masks because it just, to me, is a, a sign of capitulation and stupidity. But the reality is, is that I probably ought to be better than that. I'm not, by the way, folks. I mean, you know, listen. I, I do make a lot of mistakes. And one of the things is, is, like, for example, if I see someone with a mask right now, I should feel sorry for them. And sometimes I got that. A lot of times I'm just like, you're an idiot, right? Eh, I'm not perfect. The people that I try and focus my frustration and my desire for justice on, though, are the people who have, have forced this, the people who committed the fraud, not the people who were defrauded. That's what we have to do as a Christian. That's what we have to do 
is freedom fighters. Justice is what we have to seek, not revenge. And, uh, you know, if we go down the road of revenge, we start getting angry at the innocent who were who f- fell victim to it. And naturally, the people who fell victim to it are trying to justify in their own heads the fact that they've now uh, are going to experience lifelong health troubles, may not be able to have kids, may die young. I mean, of course, they're going to try and justify this. We've got to go after the people that were behind it. Now, we've got to continue waking up the people who were defrauded, but we've got to go after the people that did and committed the fraud. And if there is one thing that I want to stress, if there is one thing that we need to recognize, I want to draw the parallel between the people who pushed the Russia collusion hoax, who worked for our government, FBI agents, all these people pushed Russia collusion, and I want to draw the parallel between them and the people who lied to Donald Trump about Operation Warp Speed. They are one and the same. I don't mean they're the same person. They're the same corrupt animal, the same rotten core of the deep state, pushed Operation Warp Speed to Donald Trump, just like they pushed the FBI Russia collusion hoax. The corruption is deep. We have to fight back, and we have to do this hard. Support us at the Tom Renz Show. Support us at TomRenz.com. Support the America Out Loud Network. Share this show. Share everything. We'll be back in a minute. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back and welcome to what we've all been waiting for, the Stack of Stuff segment. I think a lot of people listen to, why don't you just skip the first two runs? You're ranting and rambling in the center. Let's just go right to Stack of Stuff because Stack of Stuff is fun. 
Well, it is fun, and here it is. Headline, in Biden's America, butchering viable babies is fine, but protesting their murder is criminal. This was an amazing, amazing story. I really, really, I got to tell you, folks, this is amazing. So an abortionist who appears to have illegally performed partial birth abortions is not under criminal investigation in D.C., right? So this person was illegally committing partial birth abortions. She was waiting for babies who were viable uh, to come. You know, moms got these babies. They're, they're viable. They're, they're babies. They're alive. They're, they're good. They could come out and they could live. And what this person does is uh, induces labor, gets the baby about eh, halfway out, and then kills it, right? It's literally murder. And let's talk about partial birth abortion. Let's talk about what it really is. You take a viable baby, you get it outside a mom, and then you kill it. That's it. You kill it. You literally murder it. There's a bunch of ways that they do it. It's one of the most appalling and evil things I've ever seen. And the only thing that I, I, I mean, to me, if you're a person who actually murders these babies, you're the worst of the worst. I don't think there could be, if you do that, you are the most, you get, I mean, I don't like judging people as good or bad, but that's the epitome of evil to me. If you would kill a living baby, just murder it. That's not abortion. That's murder. Okay, if the baby's viable and it's out and you're murdering it, that is murder. And for any parent, I, you know, I feel bad for a lot of the women who've gone through abortions and, uh, you know, they were suckered into that and they didn't know what was going on. But I got to be honest. Um, I, I just don't have a lot of a lot of. Uh, anything for anyone involved in that other than the baby who's been murdered. And it is horrible. It's gruesome. But we see that uh, in D.C., there are some pro-lifers who staged a protest at this abortion facility where this woman was doing these illegal abortions. And they're being charged and were found guilty in a federal court and, and face imprisonment, right? But the D.C. police, uh, they're not looking into the woman who was murdering the babies. They don't care about the person who was guilty of murder. They care about the people who protested the person killing babies. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, accusations from uh, pro-life activists Lauren Hardy and Teresa Bukovanek I don't know, uh, who obtained a box of five preemie-sized babies outside of Santa Lago's practice, Washington Surgery Clinic, in March 2022. The babies became known to pro-lifers as the five. Okay? So these guys somehow got these dead babies that this woman was murdering. I don't know. And... Uh, Uh, well, they, they charged them. Uh, they were charged with uh, violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act and uh, for, for part of a, pro a protest here, right? These guys have literally the bodies of dead babies. And they're getting charged where the woman who killed these babies is not. Uh, some people apparently simply kneeled and prayed at Santiago's uh, facility, 
Some passed out pro-life literature and counseled abortion-minded women, and others roped and chained themselves together inside the facility, which is probably the ones that got in trouble. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, I don't care. 300, uh, up to 350,000 in 11 years in prison. How much is Joe, uh, Joe Biden getting? How about Hunter Biden? How about the woman who murdered the babies? You want to talk about a problem with our justice system? I don't know. New York Times is very worried in the lead up to a crucial election. The government is arresting or even more uh, of its opponents and tying them up in court cases. Times understand what's going on. The government that controls the criminal justice system is quietly crushing a democracy. Okay, here's the problem, right? So the New York Times is very worried about this. Um, how many of you thought I was talking about the New York Times waking up about America? No, they're talking about Bangladesh. They're worried about Bangladesh because apparently this is happening in Bangladesh. Uh, Donald Trump, anybody? I mean, New York Times is very worried. You know, they've got a legitimate worry about what happens when the government criminalizes political opponents. Time isn't worried, though, about Biden's Justice Department or the state prosecutors. They're worried about Bangladesh. They don't care about Joe Biden doing this. They do care about Bangladesh doing this. Uh, can anyone explain to me how this makes any sense? Anybody? Okay. Um, I brought up the article in the Discern Report by J.D. Rucker, entering stage, uh, the next stage of the COVID vaccine con job. And uh, this is where they, you know, these guys, you know, they've spread this fear, and now they're trying to say, well, I mean, you chose to get it. It's your fault. You chose to get it. You shouldn't have chose to get it, even though they forced it on everybody. Well, the next days in this is the one that I've been talking about for a long time. It's when they blame Trump. Say it's, it's Operation Warp Speed because Trump, uh, you know, he, he pushed us out faster than he could. And, and that's going to happen before the election, folks. Just get ready for it. You know, you know. But like I said, this isn't Trump. This is Russia collusion, right? The same as Russia collusion. Remember the the uh, the note that they had, the FBI guys said, well, yeah, we got an insurance policy against Trump? Hoping Trump's figured out that this is the insurance policy. Operation Warp Speed was the insurance policy. It wasn't it, it, the, the CIA, DIA, DOD was the insurance policy. It was never just Russia collusion. That was meaningless. That was a little thing. The big one's going to be all the people dying from the COVID vaccine. That's going to be the big one. But don't worry, they'll have a new mRNA, mod RNA vaccine out to fix all the problems from Trump's uh, Operation Warp Speed that they're going to claim is his fault, even though it's not. This was Russia collusion at its finest on steroids. Anyways, uh, so expect that. And then I want to bring back, I'd mentioned in the last segment about this piece of garbage prime minister from New Zealand. I've got the clip, folks. I want you to hear. So he's being asked about all the COVID injured, right? He's being asked. Here he is. I'm a, for those of you watching uh, on uh, Tom Renz, uh, locals uh, or TomRenz.com or watching wherever it is that you're, you're watching, uh, it, this is the, the prime minister of New Zealand. No, um, he's not a 17-year-old kid from 
I don't know, leave it to Beaver. I mean, he looks like he just looks like a little weenie, but um, we've got a clip. So he's being asked about all the COVID injured. Now, New Zealand had some of the most draconian measures on the planet to try and force these vaccines on people. It was horrible in New Zealand. Uh, you know, hey, Kim.com, I believe, is from New Zealand. He's a big influencer on Twitter. Um, he spoke out about this. I would love to see what he has to say about this. In fact, I think we ought to send this clip to him and see what he has to say. But let me show you this. Let me show you this. Here we go. There, there's a process for people who are injured in a, in a medical procedure. There's already processes in place for dealing with that. Um, in terms of the vaccine mandates, I acknowledge that it was a challenging time for people, but they made ultimately made their own choices. There was no, there was no compulsory vaccination. People made their own choices. Folks, that's right. That's right. That's right. No compulsory. They made their own choices. Here we go. I'm going to play it again. This is the prime minister of New Zealand where people were fired, where they lost their licenses, where they changed the laws. They did everything they could to force these vaccines on people. It was a challenging time, says this little 13-year-old weenie. There's a process for people who are injured in a, in a medical procedure. There's already processes in place for dealing with that. Um, in terms of the vaccine mandates, I acknowledge that it was a challenging time for people, but they made, ultimately made their own choices. There was, no, there was no compulsory vaccination. People made their own choices. Okay, folks. No compulsory vaccination. There was no compulsory vaccination. They didn't force you to do it. They didn't threaten your job, your livelihood. They didn't have 24-7 news coverage telling you that if you didn't get it, you were evil and killing granny. They didn't do anything wrong. There was no compulsory. And by the way, there's already a process for people who are injured, so it's okay. You don't need to sue Pfizer. You don't need to sue Moderna. There's a process. And yeah, there's no responsibility because we, the good government, we clearly didn't make anybody do this. It wasn't compulsory. We're just trying to make sure that you were uh, had knowledge and we shared what we knew. But we, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some issues. Folks, this is the next stage. And it's a stage that they go into just before they tell everybody it's Trump's fault. Which will happen shortly before the election. This is Russia collusion on steroids. This is what they're setting up. Yeah, we didn't make anybody do it. It was Donald Trump's fault anyways. He's the one that pushed us out to the world too quickly. No, no, Donald Trump didn't push us out to the world too quickly. Donald Trump asked for a solution. He pushed HCQ. He pushed Ivermectin. He pushed all these things that, that actually work. Uh, when, when his advisors, you know, the, the deep state Russia collusion part two people, said, hey, you know, uh, we get with that, that HCQ, that's no good. You don't want that. Uh, you, you, what you really need is these vaccines. And they lied and they misled the president. They aided and abetted the enemies of the United States, which in this case happens to be a, the global elite. They supported evil. They supported this and they lied to the president. And uh, so Operation Warp Speed occurred. 
because they had it planned. Now, understand, by the way, when Donald Trump did Operation Warp Speed, he thought he was getting this created in record time. Little did he know that the vaccines were already sitting on a shelf waiting for them to be able to manipulate a guy like him into getting them out to the public. Now, these vaccines were created years ago. They had these vaccines on the shelf. Nobody would try them. Nobody would use them because they knew they were poison. They were the ultimate tool in manipulating Donald Trump. They were the ultimate tool in ensuring that they could blame Donald Trump for everything before the next election. If they can't beat Donald Trump with corrupt and illegal prosecutions, if they can't get his poll numbers down in any other way, mark my words, folks, before the 2024 election, you will hear, yeah, these vaccines are a disaster. There's lots of sick and dying people. We can't cover it up anymore. Um, but, you know, nobody mandated it, and it's really Donald Trump's fault because of Operation Warp Speed. I'm praying to God that we get out ahead of this, folks. It's getting more and more clear. I've been talking about this for over a year. I knew where this was going. I mean, it's clear as day. I think probably I probably started talking about this in 2021. Mark my words, folks. Mark my words. I'm right about this one. All right. What else have we got? Uh, oh, this was funny to me. All right. Um, NBC. NBC. So apparently uh, this guest on NBC, he, he's, he's there and he's being interviewed by Chuck Todd, who is, you know, a, a, a premier journalist. And uh, he is interviewing this Franklin Foyer who had written a book on the Biden presidency. And it was titled The Last Politician. Well, I mean, he's a politician, all right, and everything that goes with that. Uh, but it's pretty uh, normal interview. And uh, one of the things that was interesting in here is Todd read a quote from the book on Biden's complaints about the coverage of him by the media. Okay, ready, folks? I hope you're sitting down. Foyer apparently made the claim that Biden has been covered probably tougher than he deserves. Biden considers poor uh, approval rating a failure of the media because he's been uh, he's been covered too difficult. Biden's definitely had way too much negative press coverage, folks. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. So I, I don't know more on that. I, I just I'm stopping there. I'm not going into analysis. You don't need analysis on that. Um, all right. Viral RFK Jr. video gets deleted by X. Here's what they didn't want you to see. Okay, so this is uh, from, from my guy, Vigilant Fox. It's on Vigilant News. And he posts a video of, uh, of Bobby out there doing what Bobby does, which is telling the truth and fighting. Um, and, well, X deleted it. It's undesirable video. So the video... Uh, had over 500,000 views, and it got taken down. Why? Why? I thought it was freedom of speech, Elon. Elon hired this creature, I don't know what she is, uh, that's running running Twitter right now, and this creature is a diehard WEF monster. Okay, uh, what's her name? I can't even remember this woman's name. She's a, she's a monster. Linda Yaccarino. 
She's a, yeah, she's all in on the WEF and she's out there saying freedom of speech, not freedom. Of... Well, listen, she's just going back to the old Twitter. Now, I'm w wondering how long before I get banned, right? I'm wondering how long before I get banned. I hope you guys are still supporting True Social, right? I hope that you're still on Getter. I hope you're still on all these alternative platforms because they're shutting it down on Twitter. They're doing it again. You know, they lied. They kept saying, well, it's going to be free speech. It's going to be free speech. And then they change it. And then they change it. And, uh, you know, I would argue that if they keep going down this road, they're going to get sued because they marketed and positioned this as a free speech platform. I mean, Musk was quite clear about this. And whereas they do have under Section 230 the right to moderate their content, they can't advertise that they're going to be the free speech platform, have a bunch of people put a bunch of time and effort into building that, and then all of a sudden change directions. That is a viable lawsuit, in my opinion. And I think Twitter's walking a real tight line on this one. And, well, you know, no one's ever going to accuse me of being all that bright. I might be a good enough attorney to suggest that Elon should take a look at this and decide where he wants to go. Because a lot of us have put a lot of time and effort into building our Twitter accounts and tried to be reasonable. We don't say anything illegal or anything that's not, you know, not supportable. And now you're going to do this. There might be a lawsuit there because you spent a lot of time telling everybody that you were going to push free speech and now you're changing gears. You marketed it. So people trusted your marketing. They trusted what you said. They put time, money, and effort into this. And now you're doing this folks. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But uh, uh, I don't I don't know that this is a real good move by Twitter. I hope Elon takes control of this and fixes it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back very soon. Bye.